Auburn, Michigan. On the football field. We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to Buckeye Bar Guys here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. Tonight's date is Thursday, September 21st, 2023. And we are just a couple days away from the big matchup for the Buckeyes against Notre Dame. Uh, so we'll be talking about that tonight, uh, talking a little bit about the Western Kentucky game uh, first, um, and then on to Notre Dame, and uh, go through a couple score predictions uh, for big weekend in college football. I mean, a lot of big games this weekend, so that's going to be cool. Uh, you know, we got uh, some pretty much it seems like almost like two decent games almost at every time slot. Yeah, so, yeah. It's a I good mean, weekend for sure. Last yeah. weekend was putrid. So yeah, last weekend sucked. So I'm glad this weekend's better. Yeah. So all right, Western Kentucky. Uh the Buckeyes looked like the Buckeyes of old <laughs> to a lot of ways. Uh, I mean, you know, they you know, a little sluggish in the first quarter, and then uh, they let them to slaughter in the second quarter. So uh, it had that kind of that 2019 feel to it. Yeah. It seemed like they did that so much. Uh, but uh, it was a good game overall. They fixed a lot of at least, you know, Western Kentucky, Western Kentucky. But, you know, they didn't have any really the third down issues that they were having, you know, you know, previously uh, McCord looked really good. I mean, the offense was just, you know, flying like crazy but i think the most important thing about the game it was you know i mean everybody expected western kentucky to be able to put some points on the buckeyes i mean we both did and to be held only to 10 points and i, I said 17 i was i mean i said 20 21 but i mean i think we both yeah right i thought it'd be more than 10 so i was happy with the performance and they didn't score at all in the second half and you know i mean and basically the whole fourth quarter they were against Ohio state backups, even though Western Kentucky, Kentucky did bring in their backups. Yeah. Too. So, you know, they did. So, I mean, they did, uh, they weren't keeping their starters in there, but you know, that's, I mean, there are some NFL guys on that offense and you know, the Buckeyes looked really good, especially defense. I mean, both on both sides of the ball, but really defensively, I was really impressed with that performance. Well, and we've seen such a drop off <laughs> over the years when like third team, second team defenses have come in at all positions for the Buckeyes. Like that's mm -hmm. usually when they give up some sort of garbage time touchdown, yeah. something like that it makes the score not as impressive as what it was. And they dominated. So again, like you said, they went up against their third string guys too. So they should be dominating, but it's still, they, there wasn't a drop off, you know, Jermaine Matthews had a big pick six in the fourth quarter, like seeing that. Um, difficult play for anybody to make, let alone mm. the true freshman. So, yeah, yeah. I'd like, impressed. so I think the, you know, just going off some of the things that we liked in the game. So we'll start defensively. Um, I definitely liked that. It did seem like they got more pressure on, you know, the quarterback. They were, um, at least pressuring him, you know, and that's a big thing. I, I well, you I, know, he hasn't been sacked this yeah. year, so they got they him a couple times. Twice, yeah. And, or about once on him. Yeah. But. But, you know, that was that was nice to see that they did hit him a few times. Um, you know, not everything is sacks. I know a lot of the uh, you know, the fan base is upset that they're not getting the sacks. Like, I just want the quarterback to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You know, that's more than anything. If, uh, you know, especially with the secondary that we have, um, you know, it's definitely showing that uh, the, the secondary is legit. And uh, especially when they have the three corners in there, it's, it's going to be very hard to pass on them. 
you know, with that setup in there. Um, so that, w- that was nice to see it. You know, it took Hancock a little, a few series to really get going, yeah, you know, they were, you know, but after a while, I don't, it didn't seem like he, any of the three gave up a pass. No, they no, they look, they look good. I mean, Igbenosin, he's, I don't know. I, I don't actually know how to grade it. I mean, Hancock, you know, he, he had a pass interference and then he gave up a big completion right afterwards. Right. Mm, yeah. But there was also, I think that was, but he also created, I think that was also, um, that might also been on the safety because he kind of passed him off a little bit on the, the big completion he gave up. But, I mean, coast. he rebounded nicely. Yeah. From he it, was regardless. able to come back and get it. Yeah. He made the tackle and, uh, and then he rebounded from that moment on. I yeah. mean, he was pretty solid the whole game. Igbenosin. I mean, he gets to guys he's very long so that i mean they're both long but that definitely helps him he's a you know a sticky defender so that mm-hmm. can get kind of handsy but that's all right you know knock the balls away um and then burks lights up he's been to the point great i think to the point like we're almost like and we might be there now that i don't know how much he's going to get challenged for the rest of the season i mean he's proving himself so like, so it's going to fall on the other guys because I, I think that whoever Burke's on there, it's probably not going to be a first option. Well, it seems he better like. stay sharp because they did that in 21 and then Michigan yeah. went right after him and they got a completion over his head. That's true. He was, uh, he did have a hard, and like what Bell from Purdue didn't do bad against him, right? He, I think he had all like, didn't he have like 100 yards or, Bell, yeah, but he, but he had, didn't score any. He had like 15 catches. I mean, he had a bunch of shorts. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, but he was still just a freshman and, you know, I think he, uh, and he was not expecting, you know, nobody was expecting him to eventually become the starter that season. And, you know, the fact that, uh, he, uh, did was he did that that year and, uh, you know, obviously played very hurt last year in different spots, but, you know, looking good, definitely, uh, pleased with how he's looking. So he's definitely seems like he's the next big time shutdown corner that they have. So, you know, um, I think he uh, probably is going to start getting challenged less. So the, the other guys are just going to have to show up, you know, I mean, you know, kind of a way you think about like how Arnett and Wade showed up in 19 when they're you know, basically nobody even challenged Akuda, And, you know, so yeah. like, I think that's, you know, they have to just stay focused. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Hopefully it just keeps getting better. Um, Competition is going to start getting harder, but I mean, that was a throwing team. They, they score points against people. So even though, you know, they're not good or they don't match up talent wise, like Ohio state was supposed to beat them Mm -hmm. bad. Ohio state did beat them bad. So you can't complain about doing what you're supposed to do, but at the same time, like they didn't give them a bunch of like cheap stuff to make it look, you know, closer than what it was either. And that's, I think that's, Another thing that I really like this year, even a couple times that it seems like maybe somebody's gotten lost in the secondary, somebody's been there to at least take them down. Yeah, they're all flying to the and ball. So I, I definitely like that. Um, so, you know, knock on wood, we haven't had like a stupid breakdown yet. Yeah. So we obviously, like you said, better competitions coming, you know, so and even though Western Kentucky, I mean, they probably could have made them play pay if somebody would have got behind somebody. Um, I definitely like from all three levels, how they're flying to the ball. It is like, and that was all over that game last week. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like minimum five guys are there to make tackles on every time that somebody gets the ball, which very impressive to see. Um, 
you know, if they keep that up, even if they give up a, a home run here and there, you know, I mean, as long as the majority of plays stay in front of guys and stuff, they're going to be fine. And this defense is going to be, you know, lights out. And, you know, I think that's uh, definitely at least through the first few weeks. I mean, people can say about the competition all they want. So, you know, that's definitely showing, you know, I still haven't given up a second half touchdown or a point. And so, you know, again, that's very impressive to see too, that, uh, you know, they're adjusting, you know, there was, you know, we think about a couple of years ago and literally like, did this team ever try to do any adjustments? It felt like, right, yeah. you know, that, you know, that is definitely different to see so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm encouraged by the whole defense. I like Tyleek Williams is playing the most snaps out of all defensive mm. linemen. Like, well, that wasn't a thing. Like he played 50 snaps. I mean, steel <laughs> chambers was everywhere. Yeah. Tommy was everywhere. You know, it's Josh Proctor. It's, yeah. I've been impressed. I mean, with, playing solid. So far. yeah, I've been impressed with Proctor. I mean, still be nice to see him get come down with one of these interceptions one of these days, <laughs> but yeah, right. You know, whatever. I don't care as long as it's not a guy running by him and him, you know, whiffing on a tackle. Like I, that is the more important thing. And, you know, he hasn't done any of that stuff yet. And so, he, again, yeah, they're all looking good. And, you know, the corners are mixing it up with people. The safeties are mixing it up with people. They're there to hit people if, you know, there's receptions and stuff like that. And you know what? Yeah, I definitely want to see them get off the field on third downs and stuff like that. But I also don't want to see dumb touchdowns and, you know, and, you know, live to play another down. And that's, I think, the most important thing going forward and some of the other stuff will come too. they're starting to get turnovers um it would like love obviously to see a few come this week um but you know the pressures are there you know the turnovers are coming so you know and they'll start getting and they keep on burying teams like that and getting out in front of teams like that the sacks will follow because you know then it's going to just put a lot of uh you know, they're going to have to start really throwing the ball. These, yeah. the other t- team. Um, so yeah, the defense are very impressive so far. And on the offensive side of the ball, you know, I think the thing I love the most, it was just that I really like the play calling. They, they did a lot of things. I think that really, it seems like days really starting to get a good feel about what things Kyle likes. And you know, again, we'll see this week. It seemed like he definitely was starting to get a feel with different running plays that Trey likes. So, yeah. you know, and it, that's half the battle. If you can really call the plays that your guys are good at and it can be blocked well, then, you know, that's going to help. And this is going to be, you know, a better, obviously a better defensive challenge than what Western Kentucky was. So we'll see how the line holds up. But, you know, that was encouraging last week that they, you know, was able to really get like McCord and Trey kind of sp- spread their wings for a lack of a better term to, uh, you know, get out there and chip uh, had a big run chip had a big, huge run. Uh, and you know, and that's definitely when this team's at their best, that's what they look like. And, you know, they can score in bunches and, you know, Ooh. again, they tend to, they tend to put teams out of their misery real fast once they get up on them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's always, I love seeing that because it makes then the games a lot less stressful. Right. No, I agree with that. Um, who? I mean, who would you say then for player of the game offensively? You know, I'm going to give it to McCord because I mean, I know like was when Stroud was here that you know we said not to take the quarter. That was kind of like our rule not to take the quarterbacks that go with somebody else. But he's still, I mean, guys 
a fresh face, uh, yeah. you know, and he's getting the confidence behind him and get the ball to your playmakers. And he's doing it now. And, you know, and again, like I said, they, they called a very good game for him and he was able to get the ball out there to the and guys. And you can say, well, Western Kentucky's defense is what they are, but there's also another side of that. They, I mean, he could have looked bad and, you know, uncomfortable in that game and sure. overthrowing guys, underthrowing guys. And he just didn't. Uh, well, I mean, know. he rebounded from a fumble that quite frankly was his fault. Mm-hmm. So, and he just came back out. He didn't let it bother him. He didn't make, you know, a follow-up mistake to that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, that he deserves it. I'll be different. I'll say Trey just, you know, he had the average to go with two touchdowns. Yeah. I definitely liked how Trey were. And I, I liked how he ran the, very hard. And, you know, I mean, he's never really has a problem. He's just sometimes on some of his runs, he gets a little happy feet and stuff like that. And it was a lot less in this it game. It seems like he's run more with authority. You know, he did make actually a couple people miss. Mm-hmm. He broke a couple arm tackles, moved <coughs> forward with it. Again, took a swing pass, 26 yards or yeah. something. So he's always going to be a threat out of the backfield doing that. Um, do you think, and I know we have a fully loaded running back room, but could they, is there a place where they're building up that Trey could get 20 to 25 handoffs in a game? Or do you think they're just going to stay away from that? I think they're going to stay away from that. Cause I don't even know. I don't honestly, I don't even think they like him to get in that many carries. I think they feel like he's a dangerous dude at 15 carries. And, you know, if they can get him to that spot, you know, that Ryan day, imagine his speed though. When people are worn down, I just think Ryan day is going to get to the point that, uh, and maybe late in games, if games are close, yeah, maybe he could start attach, uh, tallying up thing. He ain't going to, if they, and this might be a game where he plays a lot more, but, yeah. you know, and there's probably a good chance to that. Um, but most of the games on the schedule, you know, they're going to try to get him his 10 to 15, and then they're going to get him out of there, I think. And, you know, as long as they're up and, you know, comfortably up, and they're just going to try to keep the wear off of him. And because, you know, there's bigger things ahead and, you know, this is a big game and they're going to need him to be, you know, a big time back this, uh, you know, this game. And he kind of, he needs to do it for himself because there is that stigma that goes with him that, you know, yeah, he looks like that against teams like Western Kentucky and he needs to look like that against teams like Notre Dame. Yeah. And, you know, that's always, that's kind of been the thing that, you know, and maybe some of that's unfair because of the injury last year, but you know, that has kind of been a thing that has followed him now for the first, his first three years, two and a half, whatever, two and a couple games that he's been in Columbus. So you know, he he needs to have a big game like that. And yeah, if they could get to the point where, you know, maybe they get up by 10, 14 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, maybe I could see him uh, getting to plus 20 carries because they're trying to wear the hell out of them. And, you know, we could get to the spot where we see that in fourth quarters against big time teams. And, you know, if he's ready to do stuff like that. Um, but I, I definitely like, I think I like how they're doing. I, uh, obviously, I would like to see Dallin a little bit more, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. But I do like the fact that they, I think they've settled on their two primary backs. And, you know, I think Mayan's going to get his spots where, you know, they, I still think he's probably going to be the bruiser. I mean, I could, we, I think we, if, well, Mayan's a great goal line back. I think if they get in, I think Day's going to trust him. If they get into the goal line, you know, and against Notre Dame, I think they're going to trust him and yeah. they're going to put, you know, chip in front of him and they're going to, 
you know, do those type of plays with him. Um, but I also like the fact that they definitely spread the ball out a lot more on some of those short down situations this week. And, you know, they are so dangerous. They even ran, I think a couple of times where they ran with four wide receivers, you know, like I like the fact when they get 12 personnel and stuff like out there, but show other things too, yeah. because I mean, you got a crap ton of wide receivers and putting those guys out there and that's just better for Trey at times too, with running the ball. And, you know, so I definitely, like I said, I definitely liked where some of the play calling was going. All right. Defensive player of the game. I, I think there can be three possible answers here, but I want to hear what your thoughts are. Um, I kind of want to say, uh, like I'm between, I'm between Burke and Steele. I think, um, I'll go Burke. I mean, he's just continuing to oppress me. I mean, I could definitely easily say steel too, but those are two, my two guys. Uh, I, I definitely like what I I'm seeing from Burke. And again, Western Kentucky is a team that can score and they didn't. So, I mean, Burke, I mean, Burke's a great answer for that. Cause he put the helmet on the ball. He created that <laughs> fumble, you know, steel couldn't pick it up, but my guy, Tyleek Williams, you know, fat man touchdown. He got, I like how he pulled that out too. Like I'm getting this. Right. Right. Yeah. He recovers the ball. He's just like, no, that's mine. But he also, he got a sack, which, you know, nobody has sacked Austin Reed this year. So um, I was really encouraged just him being out on the field so much, like leading the snaps or the defensive tackles. I, I would have never thought that was anywhere possible going into the season. So I think that's really great. Um, You know, hopefully he just keeps building from it. Hopefully he keeps dominating teams because if he's doing what he's been doing, they're going to be really, really hard to stop defensively. If he can give you like if he's in there 50 plays and he can give you third, you know, well, I mean, obviously you want him being good on all of them, but if he can give you over, you know, 35 really, really productive snaps. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Um, And I definitely, I mean, him and Hall are both going to have, uh, cause this is, I think the one place where they could really press Notre Dame this week is, uh, you know, the defensive tackles against Notre Dame's interior offensive line. I mean, the, the offensive tackles, those are real, real dudes. And, you know, yeah. And, uh, you know, so the defensive end, which, you know, have had their moments, you know, have had some struggles in recent years. Uh, you know, I, I think there could be spots where, you know, the, the offensive tackles put them in bad spots and stuff like that. So those defensive tackles, uh, you know, we really, you know, really need, um, you know, so speaking of Notre Dame, I let's uh, get transitioned into them. All right, that's time to turn the, the page on Western Kentucky. That's the that's the big one. Uh, you know, so that's going to be a big time prime time crew. Um, it seems like I, I believe from what I've heard, it's going to be uh, is it Noah Eagle? Uh, that's his first name, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, and Todd Blackledge. So I'm glad to see that they're using the the Big Ten NBC crew, the primetime crew. You know, I was really nervous it was going to be the Notre Dame crew and uh, Jason Garrett and uh, Collinsworth kid. They stink. Uh, like I'm sorry. So from what everything I've heard is that it's Blackledge and Eagle. So it seems like that's where the because blackledge has been at practices and stuff from what we've heard yeah. so it seems like that's what the the crew that they're using so yay at least we'll get to hear from you know least knowledgeable people yeah uh, i always like games that todd covers so yeah so that that's good uh um so i don't know let's i guess let's start with uh where i really think 
obviously the Buckeyes need to score points. You can't win the game without scoring points. But I think where this game is really going to be won is Notre Dame's offense against Ohio State's defense. You know, that I think that the Buckeyes defense needs to be even, in, you know, even when you get in this modern day college football and you get into shootouts and stuff like that, the better defense always is the one that makes the couple stops. I mean, yeah. you know, and I know the Buckeyes had the injuries last year against Georgia and that dealt a lot of it. But at the end of the day, Georgia was the one that, you know, made just a couple, one or two more stops, you know, and at least kept Stroud farther back. So that, you know, was a harder field goal to make. And uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, obviously I think that that is really where the wins winning. I think Ohio state could do things to press Notre Dame's defense. To me, from what I've watched, and I've watched a decent amount of Notre Dame this year. I mean, obviously, they, you know, Estime is a bruiser. Um, they have a great offensive line and stuff like that, you know. So I think, you know, as long as you can not let him get, you know, easy, manageable third downs, you yeah. know, I think Sam Hartman will make you pay if you're out of positions and stuff like that. And, you know, and it's hard to compare Wake Forest against Notre Dame, but kids made he's made you know he's not a kid uh, he's made uh, he's made mistakes though when he gets you know into games where you know you know he holds onto the ball sometimes a little too long he makes some bad turnovers you know he hasn't done that this year but he also hasn't really played a defense this year you know and so I think that uh, Ohio State if especially if the offense can get them up on them and stuff like that. And I think there's chances there that, you know, Ohio state couldn't force Hartman into some mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm just going to talk about a little, little bit of like each level there. Um, Hartman. I don't think Hartman's the type of guy that, or Notre Dame is the type of team that they can kill you with quick strikes. Like I don't, that is to their disadvantage. If he feels like he has to get rid of the ball yeah. very quickly. Now, I know he can. I've seen him do it before on, like, play action stuff. So so even then, it's still something developing. It's not anything that's real quick. But he's very good at going, like, down to the flats, to his tight ends. Um, I have seen him, you know, hit a couple long shots this year over the top. Seen him miss a couple long shots over the top also. So don't think he has, like, the most incredible accuracy downfield. But he's good. I'm not oh, taking yeah. anything away from him. But I, I think if, like I've always said, like if the defensive line can absolutely just wreck five plays in this game, I think Ohio State wins easily. If they can't get any sort of pressure, though, mm. or they're really struggling to, things are going to start getting a little dicey, even if your secondary is a lot more improved. I just think if you give Hartman a bunch of time, he's going to scan the field and he can pick you apart. He'll find the open guys. Right. And you can't. And if you blitz him, you got to get home because he's going to be able, he's seen enough football. Like yep. the guy played Clemson, you know, five times. And I know Clemson started teetering off there towards the end, but, but they've always had a pretty good defense. But he re- exactly. And he went against the Venables defense four times in his life or something like that. He's played Florida state, which again, you know, they were nothing special for his time at wake forest. He's been to um, ACC championship games. The moment's not going to be too big for him. He's no. not going to be scared of Ohio State. No. I know he's not going to be scared of Ohio State. So you got to, you know, really try to wreck him. But I don't think if you're making it that he has to throw the ball, you know, after it's just been snapped, like a two-step or two-step drop and chuck it, you know, 
I don't think that works in their favor. I don't no. think they don't got the athletes on the outside that they're going to make a miss and they shouldn't at least. Yeah. Um, running room is super talented. Not, I don't think it's good as Ohio state, but they're right there. I, yeah. And actually estimate like he's a bruiser. What's he average? Like eight yards a carry or something. I mean, he's had some big long runs too, yeah. but he's definitely, he's one of those guys. And that is the rest of the room kind of scares me more though, because they're the ones that can pop something. Yeah. But I, he's the type of guy, if this game stays close and they stay in it, when you talk about a guy that could start hurting you at 25 right. carries, I mean, this is an offensive line that could start, they could wear down Ohio State if Ohio State allows them to get good yards early in the game. You know, that, and that's where the complimentary football essay, you got to get off the field because, you know, you got to get it back to your offense and your offense is going to score with it because if this is a fourth quarter game with a, you know, an experienced quarterback and, and you know, and a guy who's going to, then, then where the body blows are going to start adding up, you know, that's a, a game where, you know, you start getting a little nervous at that point. And, and then you're very susceptible to a play action over the top or something. That's, there. that's been a lot of their offense this year is they, they let him beat the hell out of you and then they they lull you into being killed and then mm-hmm. they you know safety comes up and you know hartman goes up top and they're very feast or famine offense yeah. though and i know it doesn't seem that way because of the point totals they put up but they're not a super explosive offense a lot of their point i mean from i mean i know navy they they blew navy out right from the get-go a lot but, of it's like, i think they just wear teams down and they just piled on the fourth quarter and, you know and nc state's a weird one just because of the rain delay and stuff like that the weather delay but you know last week in central michigan they it was a better game early in the game and then they just again they wore them down and you know and then they hit on those big pass plays you know? i think that game was only like 28 17 going like to the very end of the third i think they kick a field goal like at the very end of the third, I think they go in 31 17 into the fourth quarter, but that game wasn't like they didn't blow them out until like the very end of it. Um, O line, great tackles. Yeah, very. I think Blake Fisher, if you put, if you put a speed guy on him and Kenyatta hasn't played a lot, Caden hasn't played a lot, Mitchell Melton hasn't played a lot. So I don't know with their lack of experience what that means, what they can do to him. If they can make a move on him, though, I think he's someone I think they can draw a hold or get past him. Um, I saw Central Michigan, their end, got him, you know, to hold him on two straight plays. They didn't call the second one. It was a carbon copy of the very of the play right before it. though. they didn't call the second one, though. So I think and that's not me saying that they're going to beat up on Blake Fisher. He's a very, very good tackle. But if there is a weakness between the two or one that you might be able to go after, I'd go a fast guy after him. Um, I think I think your defensive tackles, at least on passing downs, maybe I'm running down too, but I think they can wreck the center and the right guard. Yeah, that's where their weakness is. Go after it. And then finally, just the wide receivers are good. They're young, though. They're all very young. Merryweather's fast. Yeah, the other one like they're not. They're the other ones aren't really like big. I don't think they're going to blow a game open or anything like that. But you can't let them take advantage of you. Either. Like you can't let them be open all day because eventually they will. You know, get past. <laughs> they'll get past yeah. the secondary guy. Yeah. So very good offense. Yeah, I think, and you know, on those passing downs and stuff like that, I think if the defensive tackles can really get some tough pressure up on. uh you know, Hartman, I mean, Hartman's 
he doesn't really strike me as a guy that is uh crates is able to create a lot when he's under really intense pressure so i get into his face from the middle and then your ends hopefully should be there to clean him up in the you know the linebackers uh, you know on the outside you know force him out of that pocket and i think that's where you could get him to make some mistakes and stuff like that and uh that's definitely where you can have some shots at him is in the middle. And I would like to see uh, more of uh, Kenyatta and Melton and stuff like, and, you know, Curry to a point that, you know, and, you know, I, I'm wondering if we are going to see Melton this week. I mean, it was kind of, you know, Knowles kind of had a little sly smile about him when he had his press conference this week that, you know, Hey, yeah, there's stuff in the playbook for him. So, uh, you know, and he, I mean, again, garbage time, but I mean, he, he looked unblockable last week uh, against Western Kentucky. So um, I, I definitely wonder if you could slide Jack in over that right guard on passing downs too. Yeah. And I, you know, maybe even JT to a point, you know, they don't have to, they don't have to get uh they don't have to go to the well a lot with that type of stuff because you also don't want you don't want it to become predictable than where you know Notre Dame might try to do you know a middle screen or a draw or something to try to you know yeah. use their aggressiveness against them um so you know every now and then you know just throw it up there to maybe see you know what one of those guys could do on one of those middle guys but i definitely think that's where the weakness is on notre dame's offense and that's probably the spot to attack them is on the middle i would think so okay offensively you know more of what we saw last week it's just yeah you're playing a better team and stuff like that but this game to me and you know it, no disrespect to notre dame but out of the last three times that i've witnessed ohio state play notre dame i mean the 90s teams were different i remember those games i was younger and stuff like that obviously i remember the one in columbus a little bit more just because some of the big highlights and that yeah, those yeah. is played over and over and over again um but when you think about the fiesta bowl in 05 you know the fiesta bowl what in 15 and then last year's game you know more so the first two games than last year but even last year you know as the game went on, it was definitely obviously Ohio state has the better athletes and they can really put Notre Dame into some weird positions. You know, when Notre Dame's defense gets off target and stuff like that, you can really make them pay. And, you know, you know, I definitely, they have a solid defense, you know, Marcus Freeman is going to have them and, the right spots al golden's a great defense a really good defensive coordinator you know it just that's that is where i think that the lack of athletes offensively doesn't hurt them because if they can play their game mm-hmm. you know they could still they could take an athletic defense out of it well they're not overly athletic they're <coughs> good in the secondary like they, they are they are a really good back four um their linebackers are very fundamental uh above average athletes i mean i'm not going to say like they're slow or anything it's not like they're just you know prodding along they remind me of a typical penn state defense they're they're going to be they're going to be in the positions to make the plays and stuff like that but you gotta but if you get them out in space against one of your receivers they're in trouble yeah and you gotta so you gotta really challenge them and i think you know sometimes you know day and their lines just gets a little too conservative on some mm-hmm. things i think you know he said today on his radio program they're going to let it rip and you know he was very confident last week against western kentucky that they were going to open it up and i should think when he has that mindset and if that is his mindset going into this game you know offensively they could really put 
they could put Notre Dame in a position that I don't know that if Sam Hartman and Estime and those guys can come back from that type of barrage because, you know, Ohio State, if they can get up on them by a few scores, <coughs> excuse me, that I think that um, I don't I don't think that uh, this is not going to be a game like what Western Kentucky was like that. But I do think it could be an easier game if they could get. Oh, sure. And especially if they gets in front of teams, you usually <coughs> usually can put them away. I know there's a couple outliers to that. Um, you know, your first year Clemson and then Georgia last year. But I just like they. I don't think, in, in, at least in my memory, I don't think Day's ever lost the game from being reckless or anything like that. Like, no. I feel like he doesn't trust himself or the process, which when he calls an aggressive downfield attack, like he wins and he usually wins big. But, no. you know, and I know Georgia had it. It was going great for a while last year. And then, you know, things just kind of fell apart. Um but I don't, I think he needs to, you know, he needs to have that trust in himself in these big games, especially now, because that's how, I think that's how you can really just open it up and blow this team out. They don't have the athletes, at least to my estimation, that they can stay with you if you can keep doing no. that to them. If you get into, you know, a phone booth and try to slug it out with them, you could lose this game. Yeah. It's very possible. Yeah. I, I'm not saying you will. Because I still think Ohio State's, you know, just as tough as them, has just as good as running backs. I'm still interested to see how the run scheme and running game actually goes along against what's going to be a bigger, stronger, faster front. Um, well, that's why you use some of those passing. And very fundamental linebackers. You use some of those passing plays to, you know, the some of that quick stuff we saw to both the receivers and to the running backs last week. That's, that's where you use some of that stuff to supplement some of that stuff in the running game. And you know, spread them out a little bit and force them to, you know, cover guys in space. And that will open up the running game. Some. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I'm, I'm, I'm just interested to see it. Cause you know, if you can run on these guys, I, I don't think it's close. I don't, I don't think there's a way it's close. If they can get it to a point where Ohio state's running into the brick wall again, you know, and they're only averaging two, three yards per carry and it's not effective, not efficient, and they're still trying to pick up, you know, two yards on third down running, and it's not efficient, and they're going in jumbo packages. Again, I think you could be in trouble. But if you can run the ball and stay in front of the chains and just keep everything working, I feel very confident that Notre Dame cannot win a shootout with Ohio State. Yeah. And I don't think they can stay particularly close in a shootout with Ohio State. No, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um all right, so let's just like real quickly. Um, Ohio State, the offense. So we'll say offensively, that, and then we'll do defensively. They have to do this to win the game, and they can't do this, or they're going to lose the game. Like, or they'll um, be in serious trouble. So let's start offense on that one. Like, what do you, what do you think? What what do they have to do to? I got two. Um, I'll, I'll say I think they got to stay efficient on running the ball, though. Yeah. I don't think they can absolutely go one dimensional and just chuck the ball 50 times. Like, yeah. they got to be able to run the ball. I feel good about them winning the game if they're able to, you know, average five yards a carry. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. I think where it comes with, if they have to be efficient with their running backs. Mm -hmm. That could be in the passing game too. If they 
if they get Trey Henderson in space against these linebackers, I think he could do serious damage. I cannot. I I swear I saw over under receiving yards for him was set at six and a half. Yeah, that's, like, that's just said. that's crazy to me. If I mean, he touches the ball once on a swing pass, it's going over seven yards. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they have thrown it a little bit more and, you know, they have mixed in some of the RPOs and stuff like that. Um, so I definitely think be efficient with those running backs, you know, whether it's running the ball and passing the ball. Um, okay. Like, I mean, obviously the, there's the obvious things that they start having a lot of bad turnovers and stuff like yeah. that. Obviously there's the thing, you know, I, I'll say this, I'll go first. Like if the offensive line looks like what some of the fears have been about the offense line, it could be a bad game. Like if, yeah, if McCord sure. is, if he's caught constant pressure in his face and there is just no holds for the running backs or anything that like, you know, I'm not going to say that they would definitely lose the game. I think that, you know, there's obviously another side of the ball, but when you got a veteran quarterback on the other side of it, that could, you know, spell a lot of trouble for them. So the offensive line has to stay, on target as best as possible. If, uh, you know, we think that they are improving every week, but this is their first big test. So, you know, that's, we'll see what it looks like. Yeah. So I'll go kind of like the other side of that, even though you just outlined that if the moment gets too big for McCord, he's holding on to the ball too long and he's making, you know, dangerous throws where he's not seeing an extra guy and he's turned the ball over no. or just not making his completions. I feel like he's grown a lot. He's still making some that, you know, he's throwing into double coverage or he's holding it too long and that lets a guy get over there to be a second defender. But I feel like he's grown a lot from what I've seen throwing the ball in that Indiana game to last week where he had a, you know, he had a couple bad throws, but nothing got intercepted. So that that would be what I would say, though, is if McCord, you know, gets turnover prone. I mean, I, I would go first offensive line. If the offensive line is yep. a dumpster fire and it turns into 14 Virginia Tech, and that's why McCord's, you know, throwing picks and having issues and getting sacked every other play, then, of course, I think that's a, that's a long night for Ohio State. Yeah. All right, and then just on the other side of the ball, like, you know, what do they absolutely have to do and what do they have to absolutely avoid or, you know, try not to do? And Okay, so I'll go first. What I feel like they absolutely have to do is win with four up front. Yeah. I feel like that's the most important thing is just win your battles up front. Like I said, be very, you know, consistent. Give everything you can, you know, get your push absolutely wreck five six plays in that game but you got to win with four yeah yeah i definitely uh i definitely agree with that um so just to be a little different it's the next level up i think that uh as long as the those four are doing their jobs and stealing tommy and i have all the faith in the world of them but they just gotta they need to be themselves if they're there's they're themselves you know then defense is fine and like you know if they can make the plays because the defensive line is holding up then you know then yeah they're gonna look really good um and then i think to me this the obvious one and you can kind of go to there's two obvious ones to me it's you know the one is on the defensive line not doing with their job um the other one is and then you know I could also say Knowles being way too like nuts on stuff that kind of makes they're not getting home yeah I think, uh, but I'm going to go with the secondary. If they, 
just are letting, especially in the safeties, if they're just letting guys get lost and stuff like that, and you know, letting Hartman get easy completions, and then where you know puts a takes a lot less pressure off estimate to do his thing, right. you know, you that that is the dangerous situations. Is you know, I'm fine with making completions. Hartman's going to get completions in this game. He's going to find open guys. Just be there to tackle them, and you know. Don't give them a lot of easy and don't give them a lot of yards after the catch, you know, be there to take them down and go to live another down, you know, force them to, you know, force them to, you know, take their time on stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, don't make a mistake somewhere. So, you know, the secondary needs to definitely do that. And I'm going to steal that one too. Cause that's really the only one I, I think of, I mean, obviously the, the inverse to what I said earlier, if the defensive line gets no pressure yeah. and it's just a wall there for Hartman, and I, that's no, a loss. And Knowles needs, to, I mean, the, obviously the defense needs to let him trust them because so that defensive line needs to get pressures on Hartman, but Knowles needs to trust his guys. And, yeah. You know, you don't need to be bringing trust you, each other. If every now and then, if, you know, if they start if they start, if the offense starts putting Notre Dame behind and they are looking really good, okay, maybe throw a seven man blitz at them just for the hell of it. Just yeah. to, you know, throw a big time rush at them just to try to force a turnover. But don't be doing that because you feel like I don't want them to get in the spot that he thinks that he needs to do that stuff for them to feel like they need a spark. That's where I think they get iffy when they're doing, if they're going to do that where it works is because the offense being aggressive and the offense is looking really good. Then that stuff could really work. Then that, that yeah. could be a quick instant turnover and a change of possession real fast. So I, I would say though, <laughs> mine to kind of like piggyback off of yours, it would be, I think Sonny styles and both Josh, him and Josh Proctor have to play within themselves. You can't be no. peeking in the backfield. You can't be over aggressive, missing tackles, anything like that. Like that will kill you in this game. Yeah. And same with ransom. They, those yeah, he, three, I mean, he's had his, in those the past three, too. those three just need to be their guys. And I, I think that, I think they need to, I think they need to, uh, they need to, even though you're going to probably be playing more tight ends in this game. But uh, so I, I, I still think they're better with the three corners and, and then find some sort of rotation with ransom styles and proctor for the other two spots. And, you know, and it seems like Styles has practiced some, he's, he did some last week in the game, but it seems like he's also been practicing a little bit as the back safety. So, uh, you know, I'd like to see what that looks like Yeah, and, you know, maybe get a, a three man rotation for two spots, but I would like them to settle in on those three guys. I think those are the three guys that are, you know, definitely playing the most consistently you're moving forward with those three guys yeah. i think so okay so all right so we established what wins what loses i, I did want to ask though <laughs> what is there anything that they could do that makes you feel okay in a loss because mm. it's it's really hard with ohio state because if it's a shootout, that means Knowles' defense gave up too many points. If it's too low, that means Davis probably got conservative at different times. Is there anything that you? I mean, obviously you won't get blown out, but yeah. And I, but that's the problem. I just I don't see. I only see the blowout going one way. Yeah. And like I, if Ohio State gets into a tough game, like 
I could see it going either way. I don't want Sam Hartman to be the last man to no, touch the ball. No, not with the chance with, to with win. The chance to win the game. Um, I don't want to see that. Um, honestly, I don't know. It's not a killer. Ohio State. I know it's still just a fourteen playoff. Now there's a chance. You know, if all Notre Dame wins this game and then they go beat USC, they block Ohio yeah, State. There, but I don't think a one loss. There, there has to be other undefeated teams. I because that kind of removes. I just don't know of a one loss Big Ten, knowing that Ohio State still is going to play Penn State and Michigan. No, on that if, if they play a competitive game and they go and they win the rest of their schedule, no, they're fine. Yeah. So if it's a good game and they lose and there's not a lot of nerves, it just, the problem is it's kind of like what you said. If Notre Dame is somehow, if this is a shootout and they're both like in the forties and stuff like that, I just don't see that makes me really nervous because you're going to play better offenses coming down the stretch um, with quarterbacks can really, you know, press you in my opinion. Um, And if it's, if it's like even that last year's game, if it's 21 10 again, you know, say they lose 21 10 this time or, or 20, we'll say 21 17. If Ohio State only scored 10 points, that would be really. <laughs> then, well, yeah. Um, you know, if it's like a 24 31 24 to like a 21 win for Notre Dame, yeah. At that point, that would kind of frustrate me that, that there's a point in this game kind of like second half of last year's Michigan game where, you know, they stopped really trying to push the issue and, or, you know, they had stupid penalties on the offensive line. Like they did last year, at different points that really like start cutting drive short and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. I, it's not, there there is no good feeling. There's not a, it's not a killer if they lose, but there is going to be some question marks for me. If it did end up like Virginia tech though, that you lost by two scores, but it was just, you know, your offensive line was just young. They were playing a more experienced team. They had miscommunication, gave up sacks. Your quarterback's young. He gave up, you know, a couple interceptions. Do you feel any better then? I mean, again, you're lost by two scores, so it sucks, but it's not like your defense was horrible. And your offense probably can get fixed. It's just you need more time to gel. The only thing that again makes me kind of but your schedule's a lot harder than what yeah. It's just you know that was week two compared to week four, right? Right. And you know Penn State is coming a lot faster on this schedule now than Penn State was coming on that schedule, and so and and if the offensive line has trouble against Notre Dame, and I think you know Penn State's defensive line is a lot better than Notre Dame's defensive line and uh, I think that's at least their offensive line isn't though yeah and Manny Diaz is a really good coordinator and so that makes me nervous at that point so I don't want to see the offensive line look like that offensive line because I to me that feels like there's a lot less time even though there is a buy in there there uh, or the following week I mean it does just seem like there's a lot less time to correct mistakes no i can agree with that um okay so offensively unless you got somewhere you want to go with this okay offensive player of the game for you are you ready to talk about that yeah let's do it um we'll do uh, i think the offensive player of the game like i'm torn between two guys but I think if the offensive player of the game is Marv, it has to be Marv. They right? bury this team. Right. Like they, if, if Marv gets his 
touches early and often. Like, I just don't see how Notre Dame keeps up with them. Like, yeah. Like, that's... And you could kind of say the same thing about Abuka. If they really... If, those, if one of those two go off in the first half, then I think this game... It, they coast to a win in the second half. I, I really do that. I mean, obviously Trey's important too. And that's the other one I was thinking of that. They need to establish a running game or something with the backfield, whether that could be in the passing game, but Marv is the one that can really take the top off and that's where they could kill teams. And, you know, you saw it last week, you know, he, Go splits two defenders and one plays a touchdown. And, you know, that game then at that point felt like it's uh, obviously they didn't look back after that. There was mm-hmm. it was a little tight before that play and it was no longer tight after that play. Yeah. I mean, that I'd said Marv, too. I mean, that it has to be Marv. Marv, you know, I've tried to, you know, be like cute in the past and say, oh, this guy's going to break out, whatever. No, you got to go to your dude. Your dude has to get you the win in this game. So mm-hmm. go to Marv, like you said, early and often. And as long as it's all successful, it's not going to be close. No. Um, all right. Defensive player of the game. I think it's kind of hard for me to pick one. It needs to be, it does definitely needs to be somebody on the defensive line. And so I will say, and you probably think of the same thing. It has to either be Ty Lake or Michael Hall. I don't know which one it has to be, but it has to be one of them. Like, So I'm going to throw out just a different name. So we're not copying each other twice. Cause I would say Michael Hall. Um, I think Josh Proctor is maybe. I think he's going to be because he needs to do a lot of things right in this game for yeah. things to go the way you want it to. Cause He's going to have to come down and hit estimate. You know, he's not going to be afraid to do that because he'll run into anybody. And I know Tommy will be there and Steele will be there, but he's going to be huge in run support. Yeah. He's got to come down, cover um, tight ends, and he's going to have to be able to not peek in the backfield. He's got to be able to stay with guys of coverage on those play actions. And that's why they got to get Notre Dame off target because <laughs> he's scared. You know, you. <laughs> you know, Proctor's just. <laughs> he's not going to, he's itching to kill somebody. He's and- not going to be afraid to come down and hit estimate. And that's where the play action can kill you. And so like, that's where yeah. they have to be worried about that stuff or ransom. At least has to, you know, <laughs> definitely do his part. Yeah. Um, be safe back there. No, I, I, I definitely could see that. I definitely, you know, want those safeties. Whoever is the back safety needs to be sound in this game. Hell, it could just be Tommy. I mean, he might just, you know, you might just handle estimate. I, I think that'll be a very interesting matchup because they're going to collide a couple times. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, so we've established what we feel about this Notre Dame team, no. what it's going to take to win, how you're going to lose, and who we think are players of the game. So let's talk about some scores yep. that we think around the nation let me yeah, just... we'll do some of the big games of the week and then we'll do the buckeye score and we'll get on out of here okay so uh yeah i'm just gonna pull up the top 25 so like you said it's a great slate of games so we're gonna start off with michigan and Rutgers. um this one's actually a 24 point spread it is two undefeated teams going against each other it's in ann arbor though so michigan's favored to win by 24 um I, I don't know. Like you said, like when Rutgers, when people believe in Rutgers is when it gets real, real yeah. dicey. There them, have so. been, there have been people saying that they think Rutgers could upset Michigan. Yeah. My, just, Michigan. I don't know. I think Michigan 
covers. I think they're going to be playing for Harbaugh and you know, he's back. So I don't know. I think they're going to cover would love to be wrong. Would love to be so wrong that Rutgers wins this game, but I just don't see it happen. I will. I'll be a little different on it. I do think it's, I don't think it's going to be a close game. I, but I can see Michigan maybe winning. 24 is a big spread. Three touchdowns. I, you know, Shiano's going to do some crazy things in the game and, you know, they steal possession. They might get some cheap ones late in the game. I don't know. We'll say Michigan like 2021 they'll win. So, okay. Rutgers will cover, but they're not going to, it's not going to be a close game in my opinion. All right. 12 o'clock on ABC, Florida state goes to death Valley, play Clemson. Florida state is a two point favorite. It's hard from okay so it's hard for me because of florida state's performance against boston college to say they're going to win in death valley they haven't in a long time i do think clemson's just i don't i don't know if you can ever trust them though so i'm going to say florida state wins <laughs> i don't trust but Cle- I, I would not be surprised either way. i don't trust clemson but i think clemson's going to beat them I, and it's not even how necessarily how it's not even necessarily how Florida state played last week against Boston college. Florida state obviously has some dudes and stuff like that, but I think Clemson does have pride man. And you know, this is a big game for him. And you know, I, I think that, you know, if Debo lets freaking Riley call it, actually call a game, I think they could score on Florida state. So I, you know what I'll go with, Clemson on this one, you know, I'll probably be wrong and Florida State will win by three touchdowns, but you know, and then I will never pick Clemson again and they should run Dabo out of there, but you know, he's won a couple national titles, so that ain't gonna happen. Right. Um, but no, Clemson's gonna upset him, beat him. Okay. Um another one at noon, Oklahoma, Cincinnati. Oklahoma is a 14-point favorite. I've liked Oklahoma this year, and I think I think Cincinnati's taken a step back since Fickle's gone. So I, I think Oklahoma is going to cover that. Yeah, I do too. I mean, Nippert Stadium can be weird. Um, so there's always that. It's it's it's. I, this is not an original thought. It was on one of the podcasts I was listening to this week. They did say, you know, it was if you would have said like, you know, how many years ago that there was going to be a conference game with Oklahoma coming into <laughs> Ohio, and been like, oh my god, when did Oklahoma join the Big Ten? But uh, that's a uh, you know, so this will be a one-year conference game for this one. Um, no, I think I think Oklahoma wins and covers. I, I do think that they are the better team. I but you know, like I said, Nipper does get weird, and so if that's a game in the second half, Cincinnati could beat them. But I think Oklahoma will lay the hammer down early and you know pull away. Okay. All right, go to three thirty <laughs> games. Number nineteen, Colorado travels to ten. Oregon sh- without Travis Hunter, we know he's out for like three weeks. Um, Oregon's a twenty-one point favorite. Man, people keep betting against this Colorado team. I, I do think it's finally going to happen, but I think they keep it closer than twenty-one, even though their defense is pretty awful. Yeah. I just think they got they got a lot of heart, but I think Oregon's going to beat them, but not cover the spread. I. <laughs> I'm going with the upset, and here's why I'm going to the upset. Colorado is going to get their butts handed to them the following week against USC, <laughs> and I think that's when Colorado's defense is going to be exposed for us. Better. Now, I, I get it; they scored eighty something points against Portland State. I mean, obviously that is yeah. what it is. They did come back against Texas Tech. Um, I just I don't know how good Oregon's offense is this year. Um, and I haven't watched them a lot, so that, that's unfair, you know, we say. But I do, I have actually watched Colorado a lot this year, and I know how good their offense is. And I think they score, 
they can put up points and I just I think they win this game um and so yeah I'm gonna go with the upset they're gonna they're gonna win I don't know what the score will be but they'll they'll win this game in next week's gonna be the week I think that uh that defense is gonna get really exposed when I think USC is gonna really uh be able to really spread them out and uh take them apart sorry that's going forever there's just a lot of games this week um all right, 3.30, UCLA travels to Utah. Utah is a six-point favorite. They're both 3-0. and UCLA has a surprisingly stout defense as of right now. I will I say Utah wins. Yeah, I think Utah wins. And covers? Covers. It sounds like, at least from the last I heard, Cam Risen's going to be back. Okay. Uh, I think that's what I heard the other day. Um, I could be wrong there, but I thought that's what I heard, that it, it seemed like he was. it was favoring that he was going to be back. So... Yeah, I think Utah's a really good team. It's, you know, I mean, everybody's, you know, Washington is, you know, Washington and Colorado are the darlings right now out there, and obviously USC is USC, but, you know, don't sleep on Utah, man. I mean, that team's just so tough, and they yeah, just they come to play. so tough, right, yeah. I mean, look at it. They've, they've played more talented rosters two years in a row, and they've beaten them two times in that season. They, beat, they handed Oregon their lunch, yeah. and then they – I mean, the they, same thing in USC. I mean, USC was close the first one. Yeah. And then they beat the crap out of them in the Pac-12 championship. So, yeah, I I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't bet against them. Um, Ole Miss at Alabama. Ole Miss is 3-0. Alabama is 2-1. Alabama is a 6.5-point favorite. Mike, can Alabama lose twice in Tuscaloosa in one year? No, but they—they're not going to cover. Like this is going to be a, like a tight game. Um, I—I'm not going to bet them to lose again in Tuscaloosa at least this quickly. I don't know what their later schedule looks like. I don't. I'm assuming either Auburn or LSU. One of those are in Tuscaloosa, but uh, both. Maybe I don't know. Um, but no, because they'll be in Tuscaloosa and Columbus are the same years, right? When they played the last game of the year, I think. But I. Can't remember. But they'll definitely they'll be in they'll be in Death Valley though because that's no no that'll be in Tuscaloosa too yeah um because that's yeah yeah because we're an odd year they played yeah. in T- Death Valley in nineteen um or in Tuscaloosa in nineteen yeah um, right. um yeah I just I don't think that uh I'm just that those that quarterback situation is very dire maybe <laughs> that's weird maybe. Now that what's his face, he'll be starting again. Uh, maybe he'll be able to. He said he was just not accurate all against Texas. You got to stay with him, though. I mean, he's better than Buckner. Yeah, he is the better of the, the ones. He can at least move your offense. Yeah, they they need to call a different type of offense. Are you surprised how bad their line is? <laughs> I mean, their their line is huge. Yeah, some young guys on there, too. I mean, I don't know. It just it's not Something, it's, it's, it's not weird. working. Yeah. Um, but they'll win. I think they'll win by like a field goal. Okay. Um, I honestly don't know much about these two teams. They're both undefeated. Oregon State, Washington State at seven. Oregon State, it's at Washington State. Oregon State is a three point favorite. Um, I think DJU's have been looking better. So I'm gonna say they cover and they beat Washington State on the road, but I like I said, I don't know either team, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'm going to go with the home team on this one. I'll say Washington State wins. Um, I just think that I like their quarterback too. It's just got the Pac-12 man. This sucks. It's their last year because uh, 
they have some really good teams. Be, yeah. It's it's funny. The Pac-12 is like this when they have a bunch of good quarterbacks out there and they have a bunch of good quarterbacks out there. So that's, you know. Someone from the Pac-12 is going to win the national title this year. <laughs> I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. I still think there's the better teams are still in the East, but in the East and the South. But not Washington, I don't know. Man. They they could really they can stretch teams. So yeah, no, I think uh so Washington State at home? Yeah, Washington State. Okay. Texas travels to Baylor. After that Wyoming game, are you scared at all? Texas is a 14 and a half point favorite. Do you think they just bounce back and it's at Baylor? Yeah. Texas wins, but they don't cover. Like I think it'll be it'll be a typical I think this will be a typical Big Twelve game. It's gonna be a lot of points scored and Texas will just be slightly the better team at the end of it. Iowa against Penn State, Happy Valley. Is it a whiteout? Probably. Yeah, this is the whiteout. 730 game. Penn State's favored by 15 points in this. What do you think? (laughs) This is gonna be like the easiest 10 point win. Like, I don't think I don't think Penn State covers just because the I don't think they can win by fit. I mean Iowa always plays them so tough defensively, but I don't see how Iowa can score. Illinois rattled Aller. Yeah. And Iowa will do that too. And so I, like I said, I think this will be the non closest 10 point win. Like it will be like, it's going to be like a 21, 10, 21, 14 game, but it's not going to be 15 points. No, it's not going to be 15 points, but it's not, it's also not going to feel close because <laughs> that's a bad Brian Ferentz's. All right. You ready to get down to brass tacks? Yep, let's do it. Okay. I'll go first. Um, I, I've said so many reasons why Ohio State can pull away, win this game by a lot. It's just hard atmosphere, really good quarterback. You're going against really seasoned quarterback. I do think people are kind of like underestimating McCord in this game. Mm. Um, with that being said, I think Marcus kind of kicks himself in the ass though. I think he kicks two field goals in this game when he should go for it. I have Ohio state winning 35, 33 on the road. Okay. Um, I've been back and forth. What I think the score is, I, I think it's going to be a lower score than maybe some people think. Um, I think in one of those middle quarters might be the second, might be the third, but Ohio state is going to pull away. I think they're going to win. I'm saying 34 to 20. I think that I think Ohio state's defense. I don't think if it's a game like yours, that does make me, that makes me nervous. So I think that Notre Dame could end up with the ball last. And I don't want to bet against Hartman in that situation, but you know, I could see this game being like, you know, 17 to 10 at halftime, you know, and Ohio state, coming out and getting a couple of big scores in the third quarter and, you know, Knowles really starting to shut them down. And then Notre Dame, maybe in a couple of late touchdowns, um, but mm-hmm. not really the Buckeyes aren't really stressed and they kind of get into, you know, let's let Trey and Mayan or trip, whoever kind of uh, just run the fourth quarter out. Yeah. I don't think, I do think Ohio state's going to pull away in a spot in this game. But I don't think Day Day is also he's not he's not urban in that type of situation when even when he gets into these type of games, unless it's like Clemson where he's just trying to embarrass him mm-hmm. and like he did in twenty. Um, he he will take the foot off the pedal and yeah, I, I think that will kind of make the game maybe feel a little closer at a spot. It's going to be a close game, and then I think Ohio State pulls away, and then then they're just going to try to get out of there with the win. 
And I don't think he cares what the win. Obviously, he doesn't give a crap what the win. He doesn't need to win by 20, 30, 40 points. Like I've always said, if Ohio State wins every game by one point, they're national champions. Yeah. <laughs> Not, there is no style points when it comes to Ohio State. Yeah. You win, you're in. You win, you're a champion. Yeah. Um, you think Dale, you don't think he'll smell blood in the water, though? You think he'll go? I think he is going to smell blood in the water, and that's going to be like, like I said, I think it's going to be like 17 to 10. He'll get a touchdown. They'll get a turnover and they'll go get another touchdown. And that will be kind of like, I think once he gets up, by trust will blow out. Once he gets (laughs) up by like 17 points, I think at that point he feels like that. I don't think he'll think Notre Dame can come back on them. And like, then he'll, he'll start trying to play more ball control at that point. Okay. Trust will blow out. Yeah. I don't mind it. (laughs) All right. So we both have a Buckeye win though. Um, Anything else before we get on out of here? Nope. I think uh, we're pretty good. Everyone enjoy the game. Be safe out there. Um, thank you all for stopping in tonight to the Buckeye Bar. I'm John. And I'm Mike. O-H. I-O. Go, Go Buckeyes. Go Buckeyes. Go Buckeyes.